It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Last Minute Stat Geek. Yeah, that's right. I'm meshing two shows together. I've been telling people this was coming on Thursday. This is December 7th. We can talk Stat Geek. We can talk Last Minute Thoughts. Why is it? Because it's the Steelers' second Thursday game of the 2023 NFL season. They are facing the New England Patriots, and this is one that a lot of people are wondering Why didn't they flex this back out of Thursday? You know, I'm glad just from a scheduling standpoint that people that were going to the game and things of that nature weren't inconvenienced by having it be changed. That's pretty much it because uh, I don't know if a lot of people are going to be watching this one outside of Steelers fans and Patriots fans because this one, if you're you're someone who likes to watch the NFL for offense, this is probably not going to be the matchup. For you, it's not expected to be, but how many times we've seen NFL games that were expected to not be that great be something much different, and there's been plenty of times where you expect something to be a great matchup where it's not. So that's why we got to tune in and we got to see. So this is how it's going to work. I'm going to do the regular last-minute thoughts type of stuff that I would normally do on a game day. But then I'm also going to dive into some stat geek stuff. I'm going to look and to answer a question that Jeff Hartman had. It was something from from his uh, on Let's Ride from from his uh, mailbag segment uh, that I I looked into. Not exactly how he probably wanted it, but I had to do it the only way I could. And then of course I'm going to give the matchup 
the the breakdown of the rankings and and where these teams fall. So it, it'll kind of all work together. Not as numbers oriented as normal for a typical Thursday morning. More than just the typical last minute thoughts because we're not going to have all the roster moves. Not going to have all the roster moves because the Steelers and Patriots have until 4 p.m. today to make any adjustments to their 53-man roster, elevate anyone from the practice squad. And I've got a feeling we're going to get stuff. But we'll get to that in just a moment because first, the Pittsburgh Steelers are facing the New England Patriots tonight at Acrisure Stadium. The kickoff is – that's a good time. Good question about – it's it's 8-something. It's 8-15. I can never remember which ones are 8-15 and which ones are 8-20. But it's at 8-15. The question is, where can you see the game? The answer is Amazon Prime. That's, it's, that's where you can stream it. Um, you could probably get Prime for a month for not very much. You could maybe even get a, a free trial if you haven't already done that. I try to look up even from the Steelers themselves to see, you know, is there a local channel in Pittsburgh covering the game? I did not see that that's happening. Um, I, I know that sometimes that does, but I, I could not find that, that it was anywhere other than prime. So that's where it is. That's where you can see it. It is prime time. The Steelers will be wearing their color rush jerseys. Huh. But when it comes to this matchup, that there's there's some things that, that are kind are kind of interesting. When we look at the spread and the over-under, the Steelers are favored right now by six points from what I have. Now, if that line holds, we're going to talk a little bit more about that when it comes to spreads and everything uh, with the Steelers in the second half when we get into the one stat geek question. But the other thing is the Steelers and the Patriots have an over-under of 30, an over-under of 30. That's low. We're going to look at that as well, that that number. So not expected to have a lot of points be scored. So if you're talking about an over-under of 30 and, and a, a spread of six, you're talking about they are expecting the score to be 18 to 12. Uh, that sounds like a whole lot of field goals to me. But we shall see how this works out. How's the weather looking? How's the weather looking? Because the weather ended up being a story last week. When I did last-minute thoughts, I talked about, you know, it's kind of up in the air. It's in and out. Man, when I got out of my vehicle at Station Square to go over to the game, that the hourly had completely cleaned up. There was no, no more than a 20% chance of rain until 6 o'clock. And I'm like, yes, we're going to get there. It was sunshine, almost hot for December. And then all of a sudden, it all fell apart. So, But for this one, this one's much better. This was much different. Not a lot of wind. There's like a 1% chance, or sorry, it might, a 4% chance. Sorry, I messed that up. A 4% chance, 4 or 5% chance of rain during the game. Um, it's supposed to be around 42, you know, partly cloudy, 42, getting down to 41 degrees. Uh, wind six to seven miles per hour. So it's really a much more beautiful time to play football than what the Steelers experienced just a few days ago. So so that's the weather aspect. Should really come into play, hopefully. Now let's talk about some injuries and what's going on with the game status. Now, as I said, we're, we're not going to have those last-minute roster changes. If there's a significant one for the Steelers, 
myself or somebody else from Steel Curtain Network will jump in and give a little quick breaking news podcast because, honestly, I don't know exactly how the Steelers are, are going to do this. So let, let, let me go ahead and run down the status because there's six players that have an injury status for the Steelers. Two players are ruled out, quarterback Kenny Pickett and cornerback James Pierre. So to me, James Pierre's out. Darius Rush is in. That's pretty simple. What it comes down to is the next four. You've got Najee Harris is questionable with the knee. Najee Harris popped up on Tuesday's injury report, which was just from a walkthrough. He didn't practice then. He did not practice Wednesday. There's hope that he's going to go. If not, then I think you're going to see both McFarland and uh, Godwin Iguobuque both active. Um, and, and it's going to be the Jalen Warren show, if that's the case. Then questionable is a Landon Roberts, linebacker. Now, Roberts was limited in the Steelers' only practice on Wednesday. He was limited in their walkthrough. He truly is questionable. That's going to be the big question of what the Steelers are going to do at that position because they've been bringing someone up from the practice squad and having Blake Martinez inactive. They got Mark Robinson that was a disaster um, against the the Cardinals. Uh, Michael Walker wasn't that much better, but he was act, act. He's better in that side guy role, not not having to be the guy. So that was that was difficult there. So the it's going to be interesting to see what the Steelers do at, at linebacker. Let me keep going with them. Then you've got two offensive linemen questionable, two starters. Center Mason Cole with the neck and guard Isaac Samalu with the shoulder. Samalu did not practice on Wednesday. Cole was limited. I'd be surprised if Sam Malu goes, which is a shame because, man, was he looking good in the in the first half before he was injured uh, this past week. So I, I'm not going to be shocked if he's out. Uh, Nate, Nate Herbig you know, filled in admirably there. But the thing is, if Cole's out as well, then that means Herbig is likely at center. And then you're looking at Spencer Anderson at guard, and you're going to have to have, um, you know, You'll have Dylan Cook and 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 Chuk score for both there, and you'd have to bring some up from the practice squad in order to have an eighth guy. So, I think there'll be an indication as to is if one of those two guys is going to go when the when when by four o'clock when if there's a if there's uh, an offensive lineman that's brought up from the practice squad, chances are both of those guys might not be able to go. I wouldn't be shocked. Maybe Mason Cole dress could dress, but not actually play is another option. We'll just have to see. So, I mean, there's no Minka Fitzpatrick, no TJ Watt, no Cam Hayward, some of these, no uh, Keanu Benton, even though he was limited um, at practice. None of these guys have an injury status. They're expected to play. The other thing that's really interesting when it comes to the Steelers with these kind of moves is the quarterback. Yes, they added another quarterback, Trace McSorley, to the practice squad. But he's not on the 53. If he can't be the designated third quarterback as a practice squad elevation, he has to be on the 53-man roster. So the Steelers will either have to not have a third quarterback designated or they got to bring him, they got to sign him to the 53, which means they have to make another roster move. I'm really hoping that roster move is not Kenny Pickett going on IR. I know they're saying that, that, that the reports are they're hopeful the Steelers get him back by, by week 18. That would be missing four games. That would put him on IR. But if there's a chance that he could even play against Seattle, I, I, I'm i fine with them not putting him on IR. 
Um, maybe someone like a James Pierre goes in there. Maybe they just have to make a different move. Or they're just going to have to decide not to have a third quarterback designated because it, the, the rules say that it can't be someone who is elevated from the practice squad. So so those are some questions that are going to be answered. Now let's look at the Patriots, who are also, man, if you thought the Steelers was bad um, when they had two out and four questionable, the, the Patriots have five players ruled out and four more questionable. Ruled out are wide receiver Kayshawn, I can't, I can't say it right, I almost want to say booty, but it's, but it's Buet, I don't know, with a shoulder. He's out. Wide receiver DeMario Douglas with a concussion is out. Running back Ramondre Stevenson, that's their main running back, with an ankle, is out. Cornerback Sean Wade with an illness is out. And offensive lineman Riley Reef with a knee is out. Questionable is defensive lineman Christian Barrymore with a shoulder. Offensive lineman Trent Brown with an ankle and hand injury. Wide receiver Devontae Parker with a knee. And wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster with an ankle. That's a whole lot of wide receivers. Two already ruled out. Two that are questionable. I don't know if they're going to be making roster moves and elevations. It'll be interesting to see what the Patriots do as well. So there's still a lot of questions to be had. A lot of questions to be had. So going to go ahead, you know, try to try to finish up more of the last minute thoughts portion of stuff. Talk. I usually talk about some keys to victory, X factors. I mean, you know what? I usually do the defensive X factor. I don't even know what I'm going to do right now. I'm trying to get that figured out because right now, I just think the X factor. I mean, it's probably whoever's an inside linebacker. You know, that's a big question. Um, just um, the biggest X factor has got to be uh, the Steelers. Execution on weighty downs, honestly, when it comes to the offense. Because my goodness, look at look at what's going on in the game on, on Sunday. And as I said, I haven't watched it on TV because I didn't want to have to suffer through that again. And I've been really busy getting it on a short week, trying to get all this other work done uh, for for Steel Curtain Network. And make sure you check it out, SteelCurtainNetwork.com, all of their podcasts, all that good stuff. But for for me. The Steelers on third down, it was troubling. You know, you had the bad snap that Kenny Pickett had to fall on on a third down, killed a drive. You had the Steelers. I felt they were so anti-Matt Canada that it became predictable because Matt Canada was predictable. You would know what he would do in certain situations. The Steelers were so anti-that, you knew they were going to do the opposite of the situations. Therefore, you knew what they were doing, which is kind of self-defeating. And the main thing I'm talking about is – they were they were they did a lot of passing the ball on second and short. When when on first down they ran the ball to put him in that situation, and then never ran the ball again and had to punt. So that was a little bit frustrating for me. That happened uh, several times, um, which was was just that was just frustrating in stadium. But bottom line is, and, and I'll talk about some some of the numbers and stuff more in the second half. Is that the Steelers can't they can't drop two in a row like this. If they do, then they are sh- they are showing that they are nowhere close to even being one of those average teams that makes it in. If the Steelers lose this game, they are less than average after dropping last week. And the story, even without Kenny Pickett, even without potentially as Sam Mello, even without potentially Landon Roberts, even without potentially Najee Harris, all, all those things, you can't lose in back-to-back weeks to two-in teams. And expect to 
do something. Not just lose to them then. In December, December is when you need to be a team on the rise. A lot of times when people have asked me in the past, who, who do you have for the Super Bowl? I'm like, why are you asking me now? Ask me with like like two weeks left of the season. Because bottom line is that the team that's on the rise through December is the one you want to look out for. Maybe the Steelers came out with the Royal Suck Fest to start the month because that meant they had more room for improvement in December, which I know really isn't isn't what I'm not serious about that. But uh, yeah, they have a whole lot of room to improve now. So the bottom line is, can the Steelers fight and overcome? Forget talking about the rest of the the schedule in order to see if they get the postseason. They got to focus on this game tonight and get the job done. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and take a break. When I come back, I'm going to do some stat geek numbers and everything with you. So stick around. We'll be right back. When my phone rings, you found someone new. No surprise, a life Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Steelers fans, we are back. Let's get rolling on. Get ready for this game tonight. We've handled the last-minute thought stuff. Now it's time to look at some numbers. All right, first of all, this was a question that came up with, with Jeff Hartman on Let's Ride yesterday. So I just thought I would look into it. And it was about the Steelers losing back-to-back games against inferior teams. Now, how do you define inferior teams? That's tough. I can't. I couldn't really do a search for teams that had X number of wins because that would depend on what time of the, of the season that you, you you faced them. Because, I mean, think about it. Yeah, oh, they're a two-win team. A two-win team in October is not the same as a two-win team in December because of the sheer number of games. So the way I did it to answer this was I went by how much or by 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 the point spread by how much the Steelers were favored. And I set the standard because of what the last game was and what this one is right now. I set the standard at six points. If When the Steelers were favored by six points and in back-to-back games, in back-to-back games. Now, because there's a lot in there, I mean, they're, I mean, my goodness, they had a, a couple streaks of five games where they were favored, like during – during the 2020 season, when they had, you know, when they started 11 and 0, they had a five game streak. During the 2007 season, uh, they 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 had uh, five games in there in a row where they were favored by that many points. So, because of all that, I decided to look to Mike Tomlin there. So I went back to 
era. Some people might have thought I said error. Era, the Mike Tomlin era. In 2007 onward, when the Steelers played back-to-back games where they were favored by at least six points. Have they ever dropped both games? And the answer is yes, they have. That's happened twice. But the thing that should be remembered about that is both times were in the same season. So when would the Steelers have dropped back-to-back games where they were favored by at least six points two different times in the same season? That would have to go back to the infamous 2009. Yes, that's the Unleash Hell in December season, I do believe. Because the Steelers had a five-game losing streak in the middle of their season. It started the middle of, of November and went through the middle of December. They lost five games in a row. They lost, and out of those five games, the first two they were favored by at least six and a half points, actually. And then, and then the last two they were favored by double digits both games. Um, and, they, and they lost them all. So the Steelers lost back-to-back games, which they were favored by six points or more. Uh, it started off they lost uh, at home to Cincinnati. They were favored by six and a half, um, and they lost 18 to 12. Then they went to Kansas City, was favored by 11 and a half points and lost in overtime, uh, 27-24. The next week they were eight-point underdogs, and they covered, but they lost in overtime in Baltimore. Then the two that really get you was that home game against Oakland, 15-point favorites, and they lost 27-24. to And then they turn around on Thursday, just you know five days later, and they lost – at Cleveland, uh, 13 to 6. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, this is another short turnaround. Well, the difference is they had to go on the road on a Thursday with, with those. But that's the only time that's happened. That's the only time that's happened where they've lost back to back games where they were favored by that much. So there were several times in there where the Steelers, where they, where they had back to back games where they were favored by six points or more, and they went one and one. That happened a good bit, but in all of those, it was the second game they lost, not the first one, Uh, in a a number of those. Now, there was a few times in there where the Steelers had a streak. It was more than two, and they didn't win them all in there, and their loss was in the midst of it. So after a loss, they came back and won. That happened in, in a couple different times. That happened in, in 2007. I'm fairly certain that was one of them. That uh, that what happened there was they, they 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 got on the streak of five straight games of being favored by at least six points. Actually, they were favored by at least seven points. Uh, they won the first two. Then they lost an overtime game at the Jets. Turned around and won the next week. They were 16 point favorites, but they only won by three. That was the infamous three to nothing game against Miami um, with the monsoon and everything. So, so there, that's one example of of when the the Steelers had a game that they lost. They were favored by a lot. They lost and had and had another game after that, and they won. The other example, I'm fairly certain, was was the 2015 season. You know the. Now, of course, when I did these, I didn't go where games went from one season to the next. But in 2015, this was the infamous Ryan Mallett game. Um, This was where the Steelers 
they were 10-point favorites going to Baltimore in in week 16, and they lost 20-17. to 17. But then the next week, they were 11-point favorites against the Browns, and they, and they beat them. And so there's precedence on both sides. So we'll kind of have to see where that goes. But, yeah, the Steelers, when they did that, where they lost back-to-back games where they were favored by six points or more, those were both in the same season, and that, that was very trying. Another number I wanted to look at was that that over-under, that over-under of 30 and how low that is. Now, I looked up – now, this is using pro football reference. That's my go-to place for stats. And sometimes you get varying data on the over-under. I'm not sure exactly how far back they go, but I know they go back to at least 1979 when it comes to the over-under. I, I can tell you that because I actually have some data from that here. And there have been – this is including the postseason – although I don't think there were any in the postseason, now that I look at it. And it's funny. A lot of these over-unders are like week 17, um, especially the, the, the quote-unquote more recent ones. Um, not, well, not me. Not all of them are more recent. Um, really, none of them are all that recent. But seven times there's been an over-under of 30 points or less. Seven games in the NFL. This goes all the way back where the first one happens from 1979. I don't know how far their date, like I said, I don't know how far their data goes back. That was week one of 1979. That was Detroit and Tampa. And the over-under was 30, and they covered. Okay, um, The most recent time that the over-under has been 30 was actually in 2004. Uh, Buffalo against Miami. And they ended up, they ended up, uh, it would end up being twenty to thirteen, so they were, they they hit the over. So there was two thousand four. Then there was um, <laughs> this one's crazy. Three games in nineteen ninety three, all the same week. That's why I said a lot of them were week seventeen. That's because there was three games all the same week in nineteen ninety three. They had an over under. Uh, two of them were twenty eight. One of them was twenty nine and a half. It was it was Detroit at Chicago. It was Indianapolis at New England and New Orleans at Philadelphia. All of those were from 1993, and it was the day after Christmas, every single one of those. Um, then there was uh, one in 1992 and one in 1991 and then 1979. That's the data on pro football reference. Now, here's the other thing that's interesting. Out of all seven of those games, there's only been one game in the NFL, according to the PFR, that the over-under was 30 or less, and the teams did not cover. There's only been one under ever. That was 1991. The over-under was 30. It was in week seven. It was the... New Orleans Saints visiting the Philadelphia Eagles, and the final score was 13 to 6. So that's your history when it comes to a very low over under. So that's what we got. That's what we're looking at. That's what we'll see what happens tonight. So that was just some other numbers I thought I'd throw out there. Now I'm going to go ahead and do what I typically do on Stat Geek. Another thing I've been doing on Stat Geek, but I didn't do it this week because I didn't want to give you too many numbers. Um, and that is where I look at the AFC North projections, you know, what what teams have, have left, like 
for example, Baltimore's playing the Rams this week. That's the that's the team with the worst record they have left on their schedule. Um, Cincinnati's got a tough schedule. Pittsburgh, not not so much. Same same with Cleveland. But because it was a short week and everything else, uh, I I just I I laid off of that for a week. I'll probably come back and hit those numbers next week because that'll be better. You know, Baltimore will actually be done with their bye week and all that other stuff, and and we'll see. You know, they'll they'll have played another game to see where they're trending, and uh, we'll look at that data then. So what I'm doing now is what I typically do, where I look at the stats um, and where these both these teams rank. And what's interesting, um, rank is probably a good word to describe some of these numbers, um, especially when it comes to offense for both of these teams. It's not very often that the Steelers can play an offense that they're significantly better than. It's not that significant. There is one of the categories where the Patriots are ranked higher, and that is passing yards per game. The Patriots are 23rd with 186.8 yards per game, where the Steelers are 28th with 179.6 yards per game. The the Where anybody ranks the highest is the Steelers offensively, um, in, in the main yardage categories and everything, is the Steelers, when it comes to running the football, they average 115.3 yards per game. That's 14th in the NFL. But there might not be Najee Harris. We'll have to see. The Patriots, they're averaging only 103.7 yards per game. That's 21st in the NFL. They don't have their number one guy of Stevenson. When it comes to total yardage, the Steelers are ranked just ahead of, of New England there, they got them by a, a whopping four and a half yards. 294.9 yards per game, the Steelers are 26th. 290.4 yards per game, the Patriots are 28th. Yikes. When you look at points scored, the Steelers, it's not good. Only 16 points a game, 16.0, 28th in the NFL. But it's still better than the dead last New England Patriots, averaging 12.3 points per game. That's right. 12.3. Yikes. So that's those numbers. So the Steelers offensive numbers, bad. New England's worse. Then you look at the splash plays or trying to keep them to a minimum. So let's look at sacks first. The Steelers have surrendered 25 sacks. That's tied for eighth best of the NFL. New England, not terrible. 30 sacks, five more than the Steelers. They're ranked 14th. Okay, they're not that bad at that. Here's where you get the big discrepancy. Turnovers. Steelers have turned the ball over 10 times this season. 10. That's tied for first. No one's turned it over less. Several teams have done it at the same times. The Patriots, 20 turnovers. 20 turnovers. 24th. Tied for 24th in the NFL. They have twice as many turnovers as the Steelers. It's just what it is. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. And that's part of the reason why, because of so many turnovers, that the Patriots' defense is ranked well in yards but not in points because they're given short fields all the time. Short fields all the time, uh, their opponents are because of all the turnovers. So let's let's shift to the defense. When you're looking at pass defense, they're pretty close here. Uh, the Patriots, 221.8 yards per game. That's 16th in the NFL. The Steelers, 227.3 yards per game. That's 19th in the NFL. That's pretty close. That's where they're the closest. 
Then you have rushing yards. The Steelers are 22nd, giving up 121 yards per game. The Patriots are third, giving up 88.7 yards per game. That's right, third against the run, the New England Patriots. Overall yardage, the Steelers are 21st, 348.3, while the Patriots are 10th, 310.5. That's right, they're a top 10 defense when you go by that. But if you look at points, Steelers, 19.1 points. That's how much they're surrendering. That's sixth in the NFL. Patriots, 21.2, 15th. So the Steelers have a significant difference in points surrendered. In other words, in, in, in defensive points scored against. That's, that's what it is. And there's another place, actually two more places. It's the splash plays. Steelers way up, even though they haven't been getting them nearly as much as they did early in the season where they really needed them or they weren't going to win those games. Uh, Patriots, not so much. Sacks, the Steelers have 34. That's tied for 11th. Patriots have 24. That's 28th in the NFL. So they don't overly do a great job of getting to the quarterback. But when you're playing behind a lot, that doesn't mean that they're passing a lot. Um, then when it comes to takeaways, Steelers are tied for fifth with 20 takeaways. Patriots are 29th with 11 takeaways. So let's just look at that for a second, the turnover margin. Okay, The Steelers are plus 10, and the Patriots are minus 9. The Steelers have, have 10 turnovers and 20 takeaways versus the Patriots, 20 turnovers and 11 takeaways. Yeah, that's where you could maybe see a difference here. But bottom line is, I said it in the first half, this Steelers team, I talked about it Tuesday night with my brother as well. They aren't who they thought they were. If they thought that they were good enough, that they could actually begin to to look past another team and still be able to win a game, they are cray-cray. I'm sorry, Steelers, you're just not that good. You're, you don't have the talent, particularly offensively. You just don't. Fans think, oh, the Steelers have those talent. I, I'm sorry. I don't agree with you. I don't think that the Steelers are loaded with talent. They have some nice superstars on the defense. They have some good pieces on the offense. But no. I mean, it, it's kind of another one of those things. I asked this question. I, I, know, I, I know I'm running at the end of my time here, but I asked this question last year when the Steelers played the Eagles last year. And I said, look at these two teams' rosters. If they went back to make the Steagles again, how many players on the Steelers would actually start? And the answer was hardly anybody. The answer was hardly anybody. It was just a handful. Now, the I'm not going to say the Eagles now because that's not it. I mean, the Steelers played the 49ers week one. That would be a, one, a good one to compare to, you know, how many of the Steelers players would actually start if they were combined with the 49ers? They just don't have as much depth and talent as some of the other top-tier teams. The only thing that they can have going for them is, not the only thing, but the things that they can do to compete with those teams are take care of the football, force takeaways, sack the quarterback, play a clean brand, have a, have and and play well on the weighty downs, you know, good third down efficiency on both offense with holding their opponents to a bad third down efficiency. This is the opposite of what the Steelers did this past week. This is the kind of team they have to be if they're going to compete with other teams because honestly, they just don't match up talent wise. Doesn't mean that they can't make the postseason. 
doesn't mean that they couldn't even potentially be beyond the realm of possibility, depending on the matchup and what's going on, um, that, that they could pull one off. But they would have to play that brand of football. And if you're not hyper-focused, you're not going to get that brand of football. So that's something that the Steelers have to do. If if What would be interesting is fans thought at first, oh, losing to the Browns was actually a good thing because Matt Canada got fired and then the Steelers could have a real NFL offense. Okay, potentially, maybe. We're, the verdict's still out on that. But we could see that we saw some potential against the Bengals with moving the football. But now you might be able to say, wow, was that punch in the face from the Cardinals the wake-up call this team needed to know that they're not good enough to win when they're being sloppy? I mean, they've, they've, they've got a – there's a difference between winning ugly and winning sloppy. Winning ugly just means you're grinding it out. Winning sloppy means you're not playing very well, you're doing things you shouldn't be doing, and you still manage to win the game. That's not what the Steelers do. That's what the Steelers take advantage of. You can't be a team that is that way. Everything that the Steelers do when they go and play an opponent and they win games that they shouldn't have this year where they were underdogs is where the Steelers played the role of what the Cardinals did this game. And and the Cardinals and, and and the Cardinals play the role of the Steelers. Okay, I said this back. Steelers play the role of the Cardinals. And and then the other team the Steelers are playing was playing the role of the Steelers. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. There I got it straight. So, in other words, the Steelers can't be that team that's actually outplaying their opponent. Man, they really outplayed the Cardinals early. And yet you can't – you let them hang around. The Steelers are the hang-around team. That's who they are. So, sorry, I just kind of went off a little bit on that. But it's game day. It's game day. I know a lot of Steelers fans are down because that really was a rude awakening. It really comes down to how they play. Now, the Steelers need a win. How they win is actually going to go a long way with, with, with what fans and everyone believe that the Steelers can do for the rest of this 2023 season. So, hey, you got to tune in tonight, prime time, and see what happens. Hey, make sure you're, you're checking out all of their podcasts. We're still going to have a what you're talking about where there's obviously not going to be a Steelers preview. Instead, there's going to be a Steelers postgame show tonight. There'll also be the Mike Tomlin press conference recap. There, like I said, there's a potential of if, if the Steelers make a significant roster move um, that, that we could end up doing a, a breaking news podcast. If it's just another elevation of a special teams linebacker like they did last week, then I, I don't know if you'll hear anything like that. But if there's a significant move, then we'll make sure we bring that to you. And make sure, like I said, if, if if you don't catch our shows live on YouTube, you can always check it later. But we will be live on YouTube tonight after the game, myself and Jeff Hartman, because Brian Anthony Davis will be at the game. Whew. All right, come on, Steelers. Turn it around, show what you can do, and get this done. As I always say, to finish both of these out, thanks for geeking out with me and go Steelers.